Oh, these are some of our favorite pods to record. The instant reactions to the conference tournaments. Day one is in the book, and it's been a wild ride already in the UMAC tournament. This is the unlike any other of the UMAC podcast. Wyatt Morell, Ryan Mitchell. Ryan, you're there in person taking these games in. What would you say? Uh, three words to describe day one. I'm going to put you on the spot because what a day it was. That's really hard. Oh, man, it's it's late on this Thursday night. And, I mean, what's most recent in the brain is a roller coaster ride. I'll just – are those three words? I think that's three words. I'll leave it. Close there. enough. And it, Close enough. It wasn't necessarily that way in game number one for a lot of it, but it especially was in game number two. And so just with all the different baseball shenanigans we saw, yeah, there's your three-word headline, Ryan. Ryan. Wyatt. Oh, my gosh, it's late. <laughs> a roller coaster ride. There's your three words. I'll take it. Fair enough. That's all good. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's just jump right into it. Like you said, it is late and uh, we're both working and we got work to do tomorrow. And so let's just let's let's hop into this and break these games down. So when we previewed this opening round matchup between Crown and Superior, which was game one today, uh, we both picked Superior to win this game. We kind of mentioned they were the team to beat. Boy, did Crown make us look foolish coming out and absolutely spanking the Yellow Jackets today. I mean, you're there taking it in, Ryan. I'll let you start. I mean, how how impressive was this? I mean, Crown jumped on him early. They knock Rodriguez out. I mean, he gives up seven or runs, and then Volk's back. I mean, we had mentioned he's got to be the guy. Well, he was all that and more in this matchup. So, I mean, how impressive was this for somebody like you who was able to take this in in person? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that sticks out, you know, 18 hits, 15 runs, that's all highly impressive, but... I've said it a lot this season. We've mentioned it a lot the past couple years for the Polars. They can score runs in a hurry because they can drive the ball a long ways, whether it's a gapper that scores two, scores three runners in a big spot, or they're leaving the yard. You can get runs up quickly when you put guys on, and then you got guys throughout the lineup who can hit the long ball. They had one Wyatt in the whole contest, but it didn't even come until I'm trying to remember when Shagabe hit it. It uh, It was in the ninth inning. The yeah. game is basically over at that point. It was already 12-3. to 3. So when a game with so many runs, Superior got one you know, in a pinch hit spot in the eighth inning when the game was really kind of already over at that point. There's two lawn balls, but they meant nothing. So it was what Crown did in a lot of spots, putting hard balls in play, and there are lots of defensive plays in this game, Wyatt, that the Jackets wish they could have back. And it goes beyond even the three airs that they have that you see in the box score because there are a few where they had a great, great effort, and it's not even really their fault, but it, it's a play where it goes off their glove and then it spurts away in the other direction and there's an extra base advance for one or two guys for the pollers and give them credit, they made them pay for it. And uh, multiple times, Ryrod was rattled out on the bump, I guess you could say. And I don't even want to say he was that bad. I mean, he still had pretty good stuff, but you got to give the pollers credit for their approach approach how aggressive they were early in the count and finding a way to put up some big innings because they put up one early and then four in the third was the big one and then Rodriguez really buckled down in the jacket offense just couldn't get anything going for the longest time and so that's got to be demoralizing Wyatt for a guy who's struggling a bit and saying all right can the offense pick me up some maybe this game's totally different if the jackets can get their offense going in the second third or fourth it just took so long for them to get any traction and like you said give avs credit absolutely 
a matchup of two great lefties. We talked about it last time we recorded. Give us what we want. Or this was two times ago. I'm trying to remember why mm-hmm. where we had this discussion about, all right, if those coaches are listening, give us what we want. Give everyone what the fans want and give us a preview of what the conference tournament will be like. We didn't get it last weekend, but we got it in this matchup, Wyatt. And if you would say it's a blowout and one lefty stole the headlines, most people would say Rodriguez. But once again in the UMAC Conference Tournament, AVS steps up big time. It wasn't a long, deep performance like he had against Northwestern last season, but nothing to take away from him. Like you said, Wyatt, he stepped up and then some for the Polars. So super, super impressive from the defending champs, leaving no doubt from ISG Field. Yeah, no question. I mean, give a shout out to Duick, by the way, for being the one to get it started as he gets the first couple of RBIs because somebody has to start it. And sometimes once you get the first or second one, that's when the floodgates can open. So he was able to get a couple of them early. The other thing the that Aussie. really, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing that's really impressive, seven guys had multiple hits in this game, Ryan. I, I mean, if their entire yeah. order is going to hit like that, I don't see anybody beating them. If they hit that well all weekend here, uh, in Mankato, I think they'll win the whole thing. So that's incredibly prevent, uh, pr- excuse me, impressive, as like you had mentioned, Ryan. It's kind of late, so we're going to stutter over our words all evening, I'm sure. But Volksbeck, uh, again, I kind of mentioned it. I mean, he goes six innings, doesn't give up an earned run, strikes out six. Uh, again, if they get that kind of production, whether it's from him, uh, their bullpen, whoever it may be, uh, th- this team is the team to beat by far. Super impressed with them today. And uh, Howie Haddon drives in four runs. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to my guy Drew Gertz, by the way. He's an Elk River guy. I don't know if you noticed that, Ryan, when you were uh, going through. I called him an Elk a couple times. He hey. wasn't just making plays at the plate wide. He put down an exceptional bunt. The dude can scoot, too. He ran yeah. down a couple balls in the outfield where it's like he was moving. Yeah. No, hey, it's good to be an Elk. So we always love seeing uh, Elks perform well. So there's another one right there. So, yeah, give well, him a shout-out. my alma mater was – wasn't too good on the ball. No, no. Well, I wasn't going to bring. I wasn't going to bring it up, but now you mentioned it. So you know, you you like to throw that out there when it goes well, but then yeah, when it, when it doesn't, we don't hear that normally. So it is it is what it is. But uh, yeah, no. I mean, heck of a performance for Crown, and uh, we definitely did not see this one going this way. So they have really set the tone as the defending champs moving forward. And there's really only so much you can say about this game. It's not like it was close late. It's not like there were big decisions from the coaching staff that needed to be made. Crown got an early lead. They poured it on late. And, I mean, quite honestly, if it wasn't for the home run that Superior hit in the eighth inning, this this game would have been a 10-run roll. And they ended up winning by 12 because they added more in the ninth. But, yeah, I mean, this was complete domination in one direction. I mean, that seems like a fair assessment. Is there really anything else worth mentioning from this matchup? No, I mean, I don't know how you want to do this if we want to just, like, look ahead quickly on the pitching staffs for both these teams so then we're just done with these two teams that can move on to the next two. If you want to delay that for the next matchup, we could do. I guess I'd say let's go over both of the ones that we just saw today and then we'll get back to the games that are going to take place tomorrow and then can kind of go from there that that's the way i'd say we do it so yeah like we said we had this game this was the first one of the day and that maybe didn't live up to the hype but the second one certainly did between bethany and morris and i actually got a chance to watch some of this one down the stretch i'd been working the nsic tournament today so i didn't tune into the crown superior game at all but then i was able to get back to my hotel here and Bismarck and I was able to watch some of this game at the end and uh, it certainly lived up to the hype and uh, the cardiac cats I mean (laughs) they just keep doing it they just keep coming back coming back find a way to just be a thorn in your side if you will and that was the case again here tonight and it took everything from Bethany to get this win be honest Ryan when it was seven to zero 
you have any thought in your mind that you were going to be in for the ride that you ended up experiencing tonight in Mankato in the nightcap? The only thing that I said is maybe they can put a little traffic on the base pass, give some stress to Jacobson, and then this game could possibly change when he exits. And now it started to change before he even exited, and he gave them everything he had and then some in this bowl game. It's not listed in the box score. I'm looking at it. Maybe will be updated later. But I think he threw 118 or 119 before he was pulled. I mean, they let him go as long as they could. And so for as dominant of a performance as it was, White, he had three different innings where he struck out the side. Yeah. He was dialed big time. But so many of those at-bats, it was 1-2 two or 2-2, two, two, and the Cougar hitters pushed it to 3-2, and they're fouling off pitches. And Jacobson won the battle more times than not, but that pitch count continued to climb and climb and climb because of that. And so he couldn't make it through the sixth inning and give credit to the Cougars for eventually getting to him. But a reminder... I mean, this was a roller coaster ride, and you're saying it definitely lived up to the hype, and it ended that way. But it was seven to nothing Bethany after five, and then Morris found a way to come up with nine unanswered, including a wild triple down the line in the eighth inning from the freshman Ashton Pauley that put them in front in this ball game, and the whole place explodes for you know the number of Morris fans that came out and. There was still time left. He always knew this one is not in the bag, and then they put in Bauman. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but just even mm-hmm. the pitching decisions, Wyatt, from the coaching staffs in this game were very fascinating. You know, there's a lot more to dive into, like I said, from this one than the Crown Superior game because there's things that we can look back on and say, would you have approached it this way? And, I mean, that's where I kind of want to jump to. I mean, obviously, Bethany got the early lead, and, you know, they're doing what they always do. And, you know, they hit the ball while Bickman homers makes it 6 nothing. Big day for him at the plate. Uh, Peterson and Hopper had big performances. I mean, you know, that's, that's all great and everything. That's the way Bethany rolls. But let's go to the eighth inning. I have no issue with Morris turning to Bauman in that spot on the mound, which is what they did. However, with the bases loaded and two outs, do you bring in a relief pitcher in that spot? Kind of seems like a tough spot to put Wilhelm Helm in and uh, ended up walking the run in, which is unacceptable in that spot. You, you know, you just you can't afford to give him a free pass there. You got to make Pouncey, I think, swing the bat and ends up losing him. I mean, what are your thoughts on how that kind of unfolded? And do you think it's okay that they brought a relief pitcher in in a tie game with the bases loaded like that in that spot? He was struggling with his control a bit. I will say that even the first two outs he got, um, Fest chased a pitch and he flew out to um, left field. And then he got a pinch hitter out on a swing and miss at the top of the zone. But when you keep doing that, I mean, Bethany hitters eventually – aren't going to chase and that's why he got into some trouble where the bases are loaded so I think that's the biggest thing is he didn't have the control but I go back to why to the decision of putting him in that spot and I know you said you have no problem with that and I I get that but I think you're kind of playing your hand early if you will and saying this is the guy who leads our team and saves this year he's pitched in some high leverage spots late in a ball game but normally it's we only need an inning from him he'd only pitch more than any, excuse me, once this season. He pitched three against Northwestern in a game that was not the same things at stake as it was in this ball game, obviously, tonight. And so when you throw him out there and he needs to get six outs, there's some pressure on, okay, he's got to get to the ninth inning without doing too much in this eighth inning. And Sylvain was so good to follow up Vanio to just keep him in the ball game. 
and I don't fault the decision. You know, he throws two and two thirds. He's just a freshman. He maybe just doesn't have anything left. And so I don't know why. I mean, maybe I throw it back to you for Coach O'Brien in his fourth season. Cougars are able to burst into the tournament. They haven't really been in this spot a whole lot. He's trying to make a decision in a spot that he hasn't seen in a while. I'm trying to think if he would have ever seen it in his time with Morse. This may be his first trip, actually, um, yeah, it is. to the conference tournament. And so that's tough, Wyatt, because you got so much momentum. You got nine unanswered, and you say, all right, I don't want to chance it in this bottom of the eighth. I want to go to my best guy and have him get six out. So I understand what you're saying in that spot, but when it doesn't work out, and like you're saying, you put someone else in with the bases loaded, and it's unacceptable to give up a walk. But also, you got to have someone else or two other guys get four outs. So it's it's all just messy, and it's tough for Morris. You love the effort. The Cardiac Cats feel like they're gonna do it again, and they were the Cardiac Cats still tonight, even though they didn't win the ball game. I mean, to score nine unanswered and do what they did, but they're saying none of that matters now because we put forth all this effort. We threw four different arms. We had all these great plate appearances, and it would have been the same if we would have never came back and we lost 10 to nothing. I'm not saying, you know, that would have been better if they had done that, but you know what? The saying goes, at this time of year, there are no moral victories. That's 100% accurate. And, uh, yeah, they're in a position now where they're going to have to win four straight to claim this tournament that's the same spot superiors in so losing that first one is tough really if you you know lose one of the first um two games i mean the the only benefit in a double elimination tournament is if you win your first two that's the only way you're going to save pitching and arms so uh, they've put themselves in a tough spot and they're going to have to find a way to battle through that so that was all great ryan you never really answered my question though so I don't totally fault the decision because of the control issues he had because I think it was, okay, it's an ideal world where he gets six outs, but if he's starting to look awry and we got to find a way to win this game, I can't go super deep on how they feel about Wilhelm versus Bauman, but he's also an upperclassman. So, no, I don't totally fault the decision. Well, so the, so the only thing, yeah, and I'm not saying you have to fault it by any means, why didn't they do it a batter sooner than maybe? Sure. Or, yeah. or you know what I mean? Just because if this has been your guy, why wouldn't you want him for one more in that spot if you're going to at least you. let him load the bases? Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they maybe could have gone once more. So I, I don't know. I think I, this is a decision, Wyatt, that at the end of this weekend, they could be scratching their heads about too and saying, how could we have played that thing differently? Uh, it's easy so. to second guess, and it's easy for us to say, you know, they should have no, done this or that. No, but it's a good question. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's easy for us to say they should have done this or that. We also said Superior was going to be Crown, and Crown beat them 15-3, <laughs> to 3, so it shows how much we know. But anyways, yeah, good win for Bethany, the host team. They're going to be on the winner side of the bracket. What was the atmosphere there? On the live stream, it sure sounded like it was really loud, really exciting. I mean, overall, day one, I mean, atmosphere, live up to the hype? Yeah, you know me, Wyatt. Um, I'll try to not be too snarky with my comments about the crowd oh it was good i mean there, <laughs> there are there are more seats open if more people want it's to a come big who park. are listening to this for, for friday and saturday you are right because i didn't know until i got there Wyatt. i thought almost all of the seating that was available was all behind home plate i didn't realize like the rooftop viewing that they got out in right center it's like you know they're taken away from what Wrigley does with the Wrigley rooftops. They're saying, hey, we'll do the same thing here at ISG Field out here in Mankato. There are some people out there for the second game. And then the place to be for Viking fans, Wyatt, right on top of their dugout 
down the first baseline, there's like this elevated perch. I saw that. Can sit up there too, and that yeah. that was the most loaded part actually for Viking fans. And then there's Bethany softball players who came over to watch their classmates and other people who were kind of behind the plates and and closer to the to the Viking dugout. And then there was a good amount of Cougar fans as well near their dugout. So yeah, it was a nice atmosphere. But all I'm saying is why it, it could be more full. And if people are questioning, should they come on down? Will there be seats? Yes. And there's really good seats. And I I didn't know they got bleacher seats, a bunch of them down the left field line, some down the right field line. They got all these benches in this open space. If you filled that park to as many people as they could be, I'm really curious how many people it would be because there's a lot more seats than I thought there was. So, No, good to hear. Good to hear. I I thought you were going a different direction there when you said (laughs) I'm going to try not to get too snarky. I I thought the atmosphere was good, but apparently you think it could be better. Here's the deal. It was pretty good, but also the headset I had on blocked out a lot of the noise. Because you know sometimes uh, you kind of get lost in those. I'm sure you've had that before, Wyatt, calling games. And then you take the headset off, and it's like kind of an energetic spot between innings or whatever. Or you take it off for a second to readjust between pitches, whatever the deal may be. And you're like, oh, it's kind of loud here. And you you yeah. just kind of lose sight of that or forget that. And that means they're good headsets for what it's worth because if you're hearing a bunch of noise then you got a crappy headset well that's not you got good. We that's don't want that, so. that's true you shouldn't be hearing them like that but you got to have a crowd mic or something man you know what i mean and then you can pump it in yeah. that way so did he because you well you heard the crowd well, i could hear the right? oh yeah no okay. i could hear the crowd good. great uh, obviously you're you got a different setup though on your end it sounds like where you're not hearing yeah. what i'm hearing and I think they may pick it up on some other cameras or something, because I was thinking that too. Where are they picking up this, you know, gnat sound from on site? And I don't know everything about you know their production. I learned more about it today. Hey, shout out to you, Bethany. I mean, they do awesome work. There's a, people in a studio who are on campus wide who are not even close to the stadium who are running a bunch of stuff, and then there's people on site. Huh. So yeah, they do they do a great job. It's it's fun. Next level to be able stuff. To work with them. So. Yeah. Next no, level stuff. There you go. So, okay. Those are our games today. Bethany wins. Crown wins. So that means they're on the winner's side. Uh, I don't have the bracket in front of me. What is the exact schedule for tomorrow? Also, not a bad question. How come this game didn't wrap up till like 1040 tonight? What's what's going on here? Uh, did we have a later start than expected today? I know the first game was high scoring. This game was high scoring. So I'm sure there were longer games, but it seems like it just draped on today a little bit. Yeah, so the first one did not start at 7 o'clock. They set that up every year, Wyatt, where they say 4 and 7. I, unless the first game is like a great pitching performance and it's over like real quickly and they're humming, it's just it, the second game's never going to start at 7. So it's like other sporting yeah. events we look at where they say this every year and it's just like it, so, it's not. It's next to impossible for it to start at 7. So the first game did start at 4, though, and then you just got yeah. behind in between games for when the second yep. one started. And who would have thunk we'd be here this late? A lot of people thought, oh, it could be a late night. We could have stop, start, stop, start, not finish till well after 10 o'clock if there was rain. No, wasn't even rain. Hallelujah, we had no (laughs) rain problems. I mean, there was rain earlier today in Mankato that affected some softball stuff to push it back, but none of the baseball was changed. Like you said, the, the first game started on time. I think it was like two hours, 45 minutes. I mean, they maybe didn't throw the first pitch till like 4.05 or something, but... Then the second game, first pitch wasn't thrown till about 7.40. So. What's the weather forecast look like for tomorrow? Because I know for uh, Bismarck over here, the NSIC, it's not looking great. Yeah, I'm literally, if you can... <laughs> You're typing right it up right now, yeah. 
I got so many other things in my head. Well, I just because check the weather tomorrow. <laughs> ju- just because obviously we've ran into this issue before with the UMAC tournament and weather and and regional tournaments and stuff. So I'm just curious. I'm hoping it's going to be good, but so the good news is, well, see, see, rain that's coming. It, that's but that's it's in the morning. <laughs> but the and, bad news is, it's supposed to clear up and then potentially return for a little bit mid afternoon. But then. After 4 o'clock, from what I'm looking at, it's supposed to be clear for the rest of the night. So a little pocket early afternoon. Otherwise, we should be clear for afternoon into evening baseball, from what I'm seeing right now. So anytime you start a sentence with, so the good news <laughs> is, is it really good news? Because that means there's bad news on the way at some point. So That's fair. That's fair. But, but you know hey, why? Hopefully... We're, we're people that like to look glass half full, and that's how people like to phrase things, you know? If your boss just said, all right, Wyatt, I got some really crappy news, you know? And well, here's the less crappy I... news, and here's the really bad news. I mean, I don't know. I guess it would set my <laughs> expectations up differently than if he phrased it sure. another way. So. And it'd make good news more good. And it would make that's it true. stick more. When someone said, I have good news, you would really perk up and be like, oh, that's nice. I'm looking forward to hearing this. You know? One of my we should fav- change the way how we talk <laughs> with each other is what you're saying. One of my favorite Just lines. Just society. One of my favorite lines. Bad times make good times better. And it's kind of applicable here with, you know, what we're talking about. But that's what it made me think of. So anyways. And I, could, I wish I could say where that comes from from what 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 did that saying pull a pull a john rothstein here this is where i heard it from frankie ballard hell of a life circa 20 i don't know what year the song came out but anyways (laughs) that's that's where i first heard it from so i would have never made that poll (laughs) it's probably it's probably been in, in plenty of other instances and circumstances i'm not saying that's the only place it's from but anyways so here we are going into day two um so wait a minute, we never got to the original point either because I cut you off and asked what the weather was going to be like. What is the schedule for tomorrow? So the first game is the loser's bracket game. So after the first game, someone will be packing their bags and maybe oh, tough scene. a gloomy bus trip back to campus. Tough scene. And yeah. it's not going to be the One team o'clock. that you not going to be the team that you picked because no. you said it was going to be I'm, Crown. And you're right. Take but. your eggs, folks, and throw them in my direction. Again, I, I was it. I was also incorrect on that, so I'm not <laughs> trying to call you out by any means. But no, but I said then they were going to be yeah eliminated. Yeah, you took, to be eliminated you took it. You took it in this ball game still could be. Yeah, you took it one step further and said yeah mm-hmm. they were they're going to get showed up. So anyways, yeah. Okay, so that's the first game, and then you get the winners bracket game, and then do you have that third game tomorrow on the schedule as well? Yeah, I mean, at, at the moment, and I sure hope it gets okay. played now. I know today they said if we start, no matter what, we got to finish two games. Really? I don't know what that's like tomorrow, Wyatt. If they start, if they say we got to play three games, we got the lights, we can go late into the night, whatever we have to do type of a thing. I don't know. Or at some point tomorrow, could you pull the plug like after the first game? Like, I wonder if you start the second game do you have to finish you know what i mean like you could make an argument oh if we had to stop after one game they could do that i don't know yeah no i've i've always wondered it was funny because for the umac uh, tournament my senior year i was informed from coach dave heave that we're either playing all of the games on day one or we're not playing any of them yep that's well, the rule well, that didn't happen. They played the first game, and then we didn't play the other ones. So I was lied to, I guess, kind of. But oh, I don't, I don't right. know, I don't know what the circumstances. <laughs> I don't remember what the circumstances were as to why that changed. Or I guess it's not a set in stone rule. But anyways, I've never understood why you have to have it 
be a certain way. Like if you can get a game in tomorrow before the weather hits, why not get it in? You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's just the competitive disadvantage and how it I, helps I guess. some teams and hurts others. But that's why I said I think there's a way that you can argue for if you play one tomorrow but no more, that's still okay. Because then you got three teams left, and it's an advantage, obviously, for the team who wins where they wouldn't have to play on the same day. They can wait till the next day. But then the other two teams teams involved are on the same boat where they're both waiting multiple days so yeah no i hear you it makes sense there's there's a lot behind it so um, i just know the tournament has to be done by sunday like that's traditionally yeah. like the last day oh, they got to get it in by so oh, I, Sorry, thought, man. I thought there was a chance there's no regional coming to northwestern this year i don't think for you to broadcast this year <laughs> so i think this is the end of the line for you once it's all said and done for this year but uh Anyways, let's break down these games quickly and wrap this instant reaction up. Again, this is instant, like hot off the press. We're, we're on the mics here after these games wrapped up. So as we head in for day two tomorrow, and in about five minutes, that'll be today, technically, as I look at the clock, let's break the game down. How do you see the elimination game going between the superior Yellow Jackets, who we thought maybe were the team to beat, and the Minnesota Morris Cougars, who are coming off a heartbreaking defeat uh, here this evening. And obviously, we both didn't have this matchup originally since we had Superior beating Crown. What, what do you think is going to happen here? And do you think either of these teams is capable of making a run through the loser side and getting to the championship game? Yes, to answer that question. And, and it's Morris? It's a big... No, it's, it's unfortunately <laughs> not Morris for Cougar, Cougar fans, unfortunately. You know, I want to ask you this before I answer this further, Wyatt. You called them straight up the team to beat coming into this weekend. I did. Are they are they not the team to beat anymore? Uh, I It's hard to make a case that they are when you lose 15. Okay. They, they've been okay. beaten, just, Ryan. They have been beaten. So we got yes. to move on from that one and find a new team to be the team to beat. So... Uh, Just they could to confirm. Yeah, no, they could still definitely come through. I think. I mean, they they have the pitching where they could, you know, make a deep run. I mean, winning four straight games is a daunting task. It, it really is. And when you get embarrassed like that, fifteen to three, that's a whole nother story. So it's going to be an uphill climb for them. I think they're more than capable of potentially doing it, but they're certainly not the team to beat at this point. Yeah, you're alluding to the name I was going to mention. I mean, Matt Tappy. That's that's the name yeah. going into this ballgame. As bad as it was for Jacket fans today, and I was saying some of this on the broadcast, you still really like your chances tomorrow. As badly as this one hurts and the rest of the day is going to be rough and it's going to be a sad pizza night or whatever they got in the oh, that's not aftermath good of that not, loss. Not you know, good You're fuel. right, actually. What You're right. So we see that in basketball when it's a Saturday and there's no game the next day Correct. and the weekend's over and there's sad pizza in the stands, but you can't have sad pizza on a Thursday night of the UMAC no, baseball first round. With, Are you kidding with me? games to play the next day. But you also can't be rewarded with, like, a really good Jersey Mike sub. So <laughs> what, Jimmy what are Jones. they eating? Jimmy, Jimmy Johns. Jones? Yeah, that is a sad sub. You're right. Too much bread. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't turn it down, but it's not the top-level sub. I agree. I mean, Jersey good. Mike's is better than Jimmy Johns. Winners oh, are Jersey Mike's. Exactly. Good? Okay. Exactly. Good. We're on the same I'm page. I'm glad we agree on that. Good. Okay. Sorry. I don't know why I was thinking of Jersey Mike's. But anyway. Are you hungry Matt, right now, Ryan? I, I actually am a little hungry. Uh, <laughs> which we'll talk about some other time. Matt Tappy 
is about the best option that you can have for any team in this spot in a conference tournament after you lose your first game, potential conference pitcher of the year. Why you said it earlier this week, you can make a good argument for it. Not only is he a really good number two option for the Jackets, you could argue he may be the second, and if he's not the second, he's probably no worse than the third or fourth best arm in the conference when you look at the numbers. So to have that luxury to go to that guy are you happier in the loser's bracket game? No, but they're going to face reality when they wake up tomorrow and say, all right, today's a new day. Let's go make something happen. Morris, on the other hand, I'm not sleeping on my guy Reinerts. I mentioned him earlier this week. I told you about him. I think he was a big reason why I said they could beat Crown, and obviously that's not the matchup. But oof, the, the test for him and the mountain to climb just got a lot taller. When you see Tappy on the other side, and especially if you can throw up a couple zeros early, if Morris is to win this ball game, you cannot let that guy get in a groove. You have to score at least a run in the first three innings, or they don't have a chance to win, in my opinion. Wow. There is no more fall behind seven to nothing again and then pull some rabbit out of the hat and all of a sudden you're ahead. I just don't think you can do that back to back days. And especially Wyatt hey. with what Go ahead. These are the cardiac cats though. They are the guy. I knew you were going to say that. Come on. They they can, and it would be entertaining, but why in a conference tournament can they do it in back-to-back day? Like, I guess it'd have to be something similar. Even if Tappy punches out double-digit guys like Jacobson does, you know, if you're not scoring, he cannot go six innings. Like, you've got to at least get him out in the fifth or sixth inning, I guess, yeah. and maybe you have a chance. But can they really go down that road again? I mean, not only did you lose with your ace – you had one of your best relievers go two and two-thirds. I'm not sure how much Sylvain's going to have tomorrow. And then you pitch Bauman some already in this ball game. so I don't know how much he has left in the tank. Like, at some point, why you just run out of numbers. And Spear did pitch Harbaugh in relief, and he was pretty good to start, and then he left a Hainer, and, you know, everything just kind of went awry from there when he stopped locating his breaking stuff. But all that is to say, they still have more arms left to go to versus what Morris has. So how do you see this one panning out? I, I kind of think I know your prediction. You keep saying whoa, cardiac whoa. cats, but I, I don't I don't know if you can make that proclamation. Hold, hold on a second here. You're going to run through all that, and you're going to make me pick first? In, in, instead I can of pick. Just... Superior wins. Sorry, end of the road for Morris. Crown was a better matchup based on the pitching outlook. That's why I said I think they could win the ball game. It is so much different to see Matt Tappy. And now, does baseball always boil down to just starting pitching? No. no. But I think it's a big deal in day two of a conference tournament, trying to bounce back. Superior's sure happy they have number 25. Again, I said I still believe in Reinerts. If you can go five innings and let up three runs, I think, honestly, you take that. Maybe he can get into the sixth as well. You'd love for him to eat up as many innings as he possibly can. If the Cougars are going to win this game, Tappy cannot pitch more than six innings, and they got to score in the first three innings. Those are two things to watch if you're a Cougar fan tomorrow. Got to have a good start, at least to keep things close, do something offensively, and then make Tappy throw a lot of pitches so that he is not working late into this ballgame. I'll take Superior to win this one. I, I do think Morris can challenge them in, in a few certain aspects, and, I mean, they always have that comeback capability, which we saw again tonight. Uh, which is pretty remarkable. But, yeah, I think Superior is is the better team still. I think they'll bounce back, get a win, and set themselves up with the opportunity to play for the right to go to the championship. Um, the only thing I would say is are they bold enough to not pitch Tappy thinking they can get the win and then pitch him in the second game? You know what I mean? Because they got other options too. But 
Uh, is that something you would even consider if you're superior in the spotters? Does he have to be the one that throws in this game against Morris? I think he's at least got to start. I mean, right? And the other guy that you can maybe talk about is Harbaugh, and he pitched out a relief. They got Ben Welly. I guess that would be the other guy that we they would go to. But, Wyatt, put yourself in Coach Oaks' shoes. I mean, could you possibly roll the dice that much and not start Tappy? And, and if you didn't, wouldn't he have to be almost like getting warmed up as if he were starting and not actually start so that I he's mean, ready to come in at a moment's notice if he has to? Yeah, no, I mean, he would definitely have to be an option. And, I mean, it's going to be a short leash for anybody at this point just because, uh, you know, in tournament baseball, you just can't afford to get down by a ton and expect to always come back. Now, obviously, Morris did that tonight, and they're capable of doing it, but you, you don't want to rely on that by any means. So... Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I think he does start. I'm just saying there could be a case maybe not to pitch him if, if you think you're going to win that game or could win that game throwing someone else and then come back with him in the nightcap, let's say, and, and take down a crown or a Bethany in, in that game. So something worth considering or looking at. We're at the point now, though, where when he pitches, I'm going to guess he's not going to be able to go if they make it on Saturday, you know what I mean, on zero days rest. I mean, maybe they bring him back, but more than likely he's probably done. So when he does pitch give him the opportunity to just go until he can anymore. So we'll see how it works out. I think Superior does win the game. Morris' this season comes to an end. I did have Morris as the first team going out in this tournament, and uh, I nothing's really changed up to this point. They gave Bethany a good test. Uh, they gave him all they could handle very easily, could have won the game. Uh, now that they didn't, though, and they get stuck playing Superior, I think the Yellow Jackets beat him. I think Morris looks at that matchup and says, man, I'd really rather play Crown right now, and the reason why is the is the pitching you know which is what we talked about i mean crown just doesn't have the options that superior has at this point now that volkspeck started and went six innings you know what i mean so i think it's a tough draw for morris in the second round on the loser side and i just i don't think they'll be able to keep up totally agree that's why when we recorded earlier this week i said there's a path for them to win an elimination game but uh it looks a lot different right now Wyatt. so i will uh take the jackets as well and they will buzz their way onto the next matchup uh hopefully taking place late tomorrow night so then the question becomes as we move to the winner side you had mentioned is superior the team to beat anymore and i was very emphatic that they are not and i you know i'm assuming you agree as well so which team is the team to beat is it crown or is it bethany what a question yeah, I mean, as impressive as Crown was, and I agree with you, I mean, if they put up, you know, near 20 hits and score 15 runs, I mean, you know, you're just not going to lose almost at any conference in Division Three. Maybe not in the NSIC. I haven't seen all the box scores. Maybe 15 runs <laughs> there were, weekend isn't there enough were, to win each game. But. <laughs> there were some crazy games today. I'll just put it that way. We had a 15-inning game. Um, oh, my. We had a couple comebacks. I mean, yeah, it's been a crazy week. But anyway, I feel bad. I don't know. i got to ask real quick. Did your Golden Eagles win, or did they get – beaten by the Mavs so the Golden Eagles beat Minot State last night in the first round and then today against Minnesota State Mankato they gave up a lead late ended up dropping that game and then they came back around right after that which we talked about and said it's one of the hardest things to do in sports is win you know 40 minutes after losing a tough game but they were able to do it and so they got to win they're in the final four tomorrow but they'll have to win two games tomorrow to get to the championship on saturday so they're they're gonna have a tough tough uphill climb being that you have to win four more games still running out of pitching already so it'll be a challenge 
They made it to day three, and they Wyatt did. Morrell is there to cover it all tomorrow on site, KROXradio.com if you want to tune in. But we want people listening to the UMAC that are listening to this, so I, I don't know and why we're promoting the NSIC. I'm sure but there will be a spot tomorrow where the NSIC is playing and maybe even Crookston is playing while the UMAC isn't. What's What time's the Golden Eagle game? Like I said, I don't know if we're going to get any baseball in tomorrow with the forecast. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's it, true. Yeah, it's, it's a turf field. Um, but it is supposed to rain like pretty much all day. It looks like, uh, so I, I just, I don't know if, if it's going to happen. They may just push the whole thing back a day and I'll just be chilling in Bismarck tomorrow, I guess. But, um, if anybody has any good spots in Bismarck to check out, let me know because you know, this will be released, uh, you know, and, and people can maybe let me know, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if they were to play, they'd play at three thirty, And then if they win that game, they would play, you know, right afterwards, um, they're playing Augustana, though, who is nationally ranked mm. and the number one seed. They got upset by St. Cloud State, so I, I don't know if UMC is going to be Huskies. able to win. But, uh, yeah, the Huskies are out here making moves, and uh, Augustana now uh, gets UMC, so a tough break for UMC to have to play them on the loser side like this. But uh, it, it'll be a challenge for them, so we'll, we'll see if they can get it done if they play tomorrow. But that's neither here nor there. We got a game to talk about in the UMAC. <laughs> between Bethany and Crown, and based on what I'm hearing you say, Bethany is the team to beat. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the NSIC and the UMAC are one and the same. The number one seed is the Vikings, and uh, there are uh, some really good ball clubs leading the way, and there's some uh, shenanigans going on with lots of loans being had. So uh, they're basically the same thing. <laughs> okay, fair enough. As I'm, as I'm flipping through my program here, not sure if I'm making enough noise for you here, Wyatt. Uh, yeah. Bethany's going to probably throw Connor Merton, you'd have to think, right, in game number two? I mean, I'd be throwing him. I don't think there's any reason not to. And, and I mean, I think you feel pretty good putting him out there against anybody that Crown is going to have. Yeah, I would agree. That's the bigger question. Who's Crown going to throw? And, you know, you got everything you would have liked to get from Jacobson. Now is Merton going to strike out as many guys? Probably not. And if he doesn't and Crown puts balls in play, they were really good today when they were able to put balls in play. And even reaching – so many times, like I said, when it was tough on the superior defense and they couldn't make the play. So I think Bethany's saying, all right, we're going to be cleaner defensively than the Jackets were. We're not going to give Crown second and third chances in an inning with a defensive mistake or a play we feel like we should have made. So that's first things first for them. But for Crown, yeah, that's the big question, Wyatt. Is it Jefferson Barmoy, the guy that we were talking about earlier this week, the six foot five graduate out of Virginia? He was good in his last start, but does that carry more weight or – a total sample size and maybe going to a guy like Vondrasek if it's, you know, the weekend of the Southpaw for Crown College and the junior five foot ten left-hander goes, or I don't know where Van Sice is at. I mean, how healthy he is. I think he's yeah. still a question mark at this point. So I don't know. It, it all starts there, and it becomes a question of how many runs do they got to score to win because against that Bethany lineup, and a guy that's not named AVS, and Bethany just swept him two weekends ago on that field, Wyatt, do you think more likely than not Crown's going to have to win a slugfest where it's maybe seven, eight, nine-plus runs that it's going to take to win? Well, that was going to be part of what I was going to ask you is, does it even matter who Crown throws? I mean, I, I, you got to wonder, is it going to be enough against Bethany? It would absolutely need to be a slugfest. I just don't see how... Bethany's not going to be able to produce at least five, six, seven runs at the very minimum uh, going into this game. I mean, they put up 10 tonight, had no issue getting to Vanyo, 
and uh, I, I just I think Crown's going to have to come to hit now. They just scored 15, and they did it against the best pitcher and pitching staff in the conference, so they're more than capable of doing it, but they're going to need to do it again. And, and again, like I said, if they have seven guys getting multiple hits and they're producing big innings like they've been doing, uh, they're, they're the team to beat. So can they keep it up? That's kind of the big question. Uh, and uh, who throws for Crown, your guess is as good as mine. Those are the two things that I will look for in this matchup. On the flip side, Bethany, playing on your home turf, it's going to be packed out. You would imagine it's going to be a great atmosphere. You just got an exciting win tonight. You got to calm yourself down, get a good night's rest, and get ready now for the next step. You can't get too high or too low in tournament baseball, as you know, Ryan. And uh, I, I think it'll be a great game. I think Bethany, though, with Merton more than likely getting the ball in this spot, is going to get the job done. I think they'll win this game, and they'll be the team to beat on their home turf on Saturday and uh, they'll be sitting in the driver's seat. So I think they get it done. And uh, as impressive as Crown was today, I just have too many questions about that pitching staff still and, and who they're going to bring out of the bullpen. Because keep in mind, they, they went to Van Dam out of the bullpen, and he gave up a couple runs in his two innings. So I, I just don't know if they're going to have a starter do what Volkspeck did uh, tomorrow. And if they don't, do they have enough in the bullpen? And I just I think the answer is no. So I, I'll take Bethany. I feel more comfortable with them. Crown could absolutely win this game. They've proven us wrong before, including this first-round game against Superior. Uh, if they do it again, tip my cap again and say job well done to the pollers. But I think Bethany is going to be the team that ends up winning this game. Yeah, lots of great stuff there, Wyatt. I uh, agree on almost all fronts, really, and I would add kind of what we talked about with what Morris would have to do to beat Superior. I think for Crown, assuming it is Merton, there's no way he can go past the sixth inning if you were going to win, and the long balls have got to start to come, and they really could, Wyatt. And so if you have less traffic on the base paths as you had today versus Rodriguez and the rest of the jacket pitchers on the bump, then that means more likely than not if you're going to win a game or you're going to have to score a good amount to help your pitching, if you get two on in a big spot, you got to hit a long ball here or there. And it can't come, you know, super late in the game potentially. Like, you got to make something happen in the first four or five innings if you can. And now if they do that and they jump on the Vikings, this all changes wide. If they get a three-run homer early and they get an early lead to work with and they start pitching with some more confidence in that spot, so much changes. But the start of this game for crown is so so huge in the first two to three innings what we see happen for them i think is going to tell a lot and if you're bethany i think you really really like the spot that you're in now that being said if you do get up in this ball game they know you can't let your foot off the gas especially against crown they can turn things around in a hurry and you got to be wary of that but i think you really really like the spot you're in i mean Wyatt, i don't remember the last time we've looked at it the first two matchups on day number two of a UMAC tournament, and we've seen such a big discrepancy in the pitching matchups. I mean, yeah. the advantage for Superior and the advantage for the Vikings cannot be understated. Is baseball much more than pitching? Yes. When you get to the bullpen, do a lot of things change? Yes. But, I mean, I can't remember the last time we've seen this big of a difference on the pitching side, and we're not even to day three yet. Yeah, well, and, and you know what our belief is, and it's that pitching beats hitting, so we'll see if that proves true here. Right now we think it's going to. Maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe Crown and Morris come out, and they show that the bats get it done, and this is an offensive game now in this day and age, so I guess we'll wait and see. But we, we feel pretty comfortable with the pitching staffs of those two squads being able to get it done. So with that being the case, just quickly now here, it would mean Crown would play superior again, 
And does yeah. pitching win in that matchup again? What What do you see there at that point? I mean, it's a lot of unknowns as far as who's going to be able to go and who won't. Uh, is it easier for Superior coming off a win to win another one or for Crown to take down the Jackets once more and get back to the title game? Yeah, sorry for these papers wrestling here. Um, I'm trying to find the numbers on Ben Welly. So on the year, he has an ERA just over 5, 19 punch-outs to 11 walks and 37 innings pitched. Why am I saying all this stuff for the junior right-hander out of Melrose? I think he'd be the guy. Okay, I think he'd be the guy to start for Superior in that spot tomorrow night in the second game that they play on the day and in an elimination game against Crown in a rematch. Crown, I don't know, because we just named three guys, or I did, that potentially could start game number two. It's got to be one of those three you'd have to think potentially to start this game, or maybe they go with the opener strategy and they throw a guy like Warley and hope they can get two or three out of him, and then they go from there. I'm not exactly sure. This game could get hairy wide. It could get to the point where we see a lot of bullpen arms, and it could just get out there. You remember what happened last season, though? Superior won the first game against Crown, but then who won the next two? the pollers to hoist the hardware so if the jackets get them again they're saying we're going to flip the script on you and we're going to get to championship saturday and then we're going to deal with whatever we have to deal with at that point but i think you kind of like potentially what you have for the jackets in the pitching matchup here but we just were saying going into the matchup that took place earlier today oh they got the advantage and the pullers were still able to get it done and then some hitting around Ryrod, continuing to do it on the bullpen, and coming up with a convincing win. So who can respond from their contest earlier in the game quicker? Why? Do you give the advantage in this spot? I may have asked you this earlier this week, but do you like the team more that's coming off of a win even though they lost their first game or the team that just lost but doesn't have to think about it for too long and is back on the field 45 minutes later? Or is it you know unique for every circumstance? No, it's unique in different spots, but in this one particularly, I would like Superior from the standpoint of they got a win, they also get some time off, and then they play a team that just lost. You know what I mean? So they've played earlier that day, they get a win, and then you take on a Crown team that had just lost. If it was reversed and Crown had lost, and then Superior gets a win, and they have to go right away, it's different. You know what I mean? Because Crown has some time to gather themselves, think about it, get regrouped and then get ready to go so it's a unique circumstance to say the least and I don't know I think it'd be a slugfest honestly I think Superior's bats would come ready to play this time against Crown if that's the matchup we get Uh, it's really hard to pick against Crown after what we just saw today and uh, I don't know do we even need to give a prediction on this one because we have no idea if this is actually the matchup that's going to take place I mean it's kind of pointless to to predict it if it ends up not being the case you know what I mean It'd be a great game at the very least. I I, I don't, yeah, I mean, so much changes at that point if it even is the matchup or if it isn't the matchup. So I say we just leave it be, but I I think it'd be a really compelling game. I think it would be more of a slugfest, and I guess we find out if pitching or offense ends up winning out there as well. So I I don't know. That's pretty much all I got to say. It should be a great day too. Uh, Hopefully the weather cooperates, get all those games and stay ahead of schedule or on schedule. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if, day two is anything like day one was i'm sure there's going to be some twists and turns and surprises and hopefully you're enjoying all of it ryan and not taking any of it for granted yeah absolutely one last question for you what would be more surprising if morris wins the elimination game against superior or crown wins the second game against bethany 
probably Morris, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to be that surprised if Crown beats Bethany because of how good their offense is and how capable they are of putting up big numbers. But Morris to have to come off of that loss tonight and face Superior and one of the best pitchers in the conference in the loser's bracket, it's a really tough draw. Similar, I mean, not not the same, but similar to what Bethany had to do last year where they face Northwestern in the loser's side and you're facing Owen Borma. I mean, that's not fair. I mean, that's, that's messed up. I mean, the dude's pitching at Kansas state now and and he's the number one. And so, yeah, yeah, so that's what Bethany ran into last year. Now Tappy's not Owen Borma by any means, but I think you get the point that I'm trying to make. It's a tough spot to be in if you're Morris. So I'd be much more surprised if they beat superior than I would crown beating Bethany. That's fair. I definitely uh, don't disagree with all that. And yeah, back on your point, I'm uh yeah, soaking it in as best as I can and more than anything, trying to keep the voice in a good spot so that when I uh, talk tomorrow, I don't sound much worse than I do right now and uh, that I got something left for the final day. So we'll see what happens. We'll roll with the punches. But, yeah, a good first day, and uh, we'll see what happens from here, Wyatt. And as always, if people want to reach out to us, questions, comments, concerns, feedback, about anything that you're hearing, um, you can feel free to let us know. We're heading down the stretch, but we still got time left, and then uh, we'll talk about one team a lot after this week for who's advancing to the NCAAs, and we'll talk about how they have a path to shock the world and make something happen and make some moves in the tournament and all that. So we got you know, a chunk of episodes still left before we hang things up for the offseason. So let us know how you doing, where are you at, what are you thinking, uaotheumac at gmail.com. UAO the UMAC at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at UAO the UMAC, or just search on like any other the UMAC. Any final thoughts, sir? No, just that, you know, I'm in a similar spot you are. If I could be there, man, helping you, where we could just even each other out, that'd be great. But I'm in a similar spot where I'm calling games on my own up here in Bismarck, and uh, I'm trying to rest my voice. I know what you're going through. And, uh, yeah, we'll get rested up. Uh, we'll be hopping back on here late tomorrow night again and uh, looking forward to recapping everything that takes place. So uh, until then, you take care, Ryan. Thanks to everybody that's listened so far and is uh, still listening as we get ready for day two of the UMAC tournament. Uh, this has been the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC Podcast. <laughs>